0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of On the Continuum, a podcast that gets into the nitty-gritty in the world of money. I'm David Rath, Chief Investment Officer at Continuum Wealth Advisors, here to remind you that when it comes to your money, very few issues are black and white. Most things exist on a continuum.
1: This is J.T. Cox, host of On the Continuum. Today is Wednesday, March 29th. I'm here with my co-host, David Rath, So, David, what are we talking about today?
0: Today we are talking about cash and what to do with it.
1: Absolutely. And this is an important topic because for years, there weren't many options for folks. Uh, But this is something that I'd say one of the silver linings to come out of the last year and a half is that folks do have options when it comes to cash management. And I know we're going to cover a lot of topics, a lot of different options today for that. Uh, Before we do, I'm just going to share a quick story how I actually got into financial planning. My first introduction, I was about 12 years old. I had a birthday party, and from the birthday party, I I got some money from different birthday gifts. And so I had that money, and I went to my parents, I said, I wanna buy some toy. And my mom said, you can do that, or we can go down to the bank, and there was a local bank on East Greenbush, and uh, we opened up a savings account. And in that savings account, I put $100 in there, and at the end of a year, that $100 turned into $103. I thought, well, this is pretty cool. I'm basically being rewarded for my patience, and I made money on it. So fast forward, this is now two years ago. My son, Declan, had a birthday, and he got some birthday money in uh, different presents, and so he had $100, and so I said, oh, this is a perfect opportunity. I'm going to teach Declan about the power of investing and saving, so I brought him down to the local bank, and I I sat down with a banker with Declan, and, and we said, okay, so if we put $100 today how much are we going to have a year from now? And the banker got out their calculator and they ran their numbers and they say, a year from now, you're going to have $100 and (laughs) one cent. And my son looked at me like I was crazy and said, Dad, why in the world would I do that? And I had to agree with him. But things have changed. And one of the things that have changed is interest rates have started to increase. And with interest rates increasing, there are now options for folks to actually earn interest on the money that they are saving. And I think this is particularly impactful for those folks who are, again, they're savers, people that are disciplined, people that save money, and especially folks who are in retirement who tend to be more conservative. There's some nice options out there for those folks.
0: Now, the savings account that you opened when you were a child, was Uh it a passbook savings?
1: It was a passbook savings. Did you have one of those? I
0: had one of those. (laughs) And I remember every time I brought it to the bank, I was excited to see what the new print was going to be.
1: That's exactly right. Things have changed, huh?
0: Yeah, I don't think that they issue those anymore, but it is a relic of the past when it comes to the banking industry. Yeah. Um, But as you mentioned, the, the environment has changed when it comes to cash because the story about your son is very common because people that have money in cash are seeing that they're not getting what they should be getting based on what the current interest rate environment is. They're not getting that on their cash deposits. And... There are some other options out there, and we're here to talk to you today about what those options are, what some pros and cons are of each of those options.
1: Absolutely. So what we're going to be discussing is a few different types of accounts. We're going to be discussing checking accounts, savings accounts, money market accounts, and and treasury bills. And when it comes to investing, these are all going to be on the realm of the safe side of of
0: the investing scale, would you say, David? Absolutely. It's on the safest side of the scale that you could be.
1: Yep. So again, we're not going to be talking about investing or, or trying to you know triple your money overnight or anything like that. And we're also not trying to take on any unneeded risk. These are dollars that you want safe, uh, but you want to start to earn some money. So just a quick backdrop. I know most folks are familiar with the checking account. The pros and the cons, the pros of the checking account are you can make as many transactions as possible right the money is FDIC insured and anytime you can go to the bank and take out a distribution through the ATM or use a check if you still write checks or a debit card right
0: the FDIC insurance is something that we should touch on because that is a hot button issue Absolutely. these days so what is the limit on FDIC insurance
1: I believe it is $250,000 uh, per per person is that correct
0: per per individual per institution. Mm -hmm. So you can spread your money out across multiple financial institutions to get more than the $250,000 per individual.
1: Yep, absolutely. So again, the the checking account, very liquid. So the liquidity is an important factor. You can use it at any time, uh, safe, and has that FDIC insured up until that $250,000 amount per institution. So now let's talk about savings accounts, David, and and how they differ a little bit from checking accounts.
0: So savings accounts could offer a higher rate of interest Mm -hmm. than a checking account. There are limits on the amount of withdrawals that you can make per month. I believe that number is six per month.
1: Correct. Yep.
0: Uh, And this is where there's an opportunity for some potential more interest to be earned in your, in your accounts because not every savings account is constructed the same way. And so you should really be aware of what the interest rate is that you're getting in a savings account versus some other options.
1: Yes, yes, yes. That is a great point because for years it didn't matter what the savings rate you were receiving was because there was no other money to be made anywhere else. But now there is opportunity to earn some interest out there. We're going to discuss some of those options. Unfortunately... Some of the banks out there, they have not been incentivized to increase their savings account rates, their interest rates. So they're not offering much in the way of interest. I I know I've seen that with some folks that we've met with. I'm sure you've seen that as well.
0: Yeah. And it's not necessarily that they might not be incentivized, uh, but they earn a spread on what they pay deposit holders at the bank. And what they can earn in very safe, very secure, uh, short-term treasury instruments. Mm -hmm. And so that part of their profit margin Mm -hmm. is the spread that they earn on that money. Of course, this bubbled to the surface with the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank because investors or savers became aware of the fact that they were not earning the same level of interest on their checking or savings account that, that, that they could earn elsewhere they started to pull their money and started that domino uh, effect.
1: Exactly. So, with with a savings account, again, the pros are the money is insured up to those FDIC insurance limits. And and David, let me ask you a question so our listeners have clarity. Let's say they go to a bank and they have a checking account and a savings account. It's one individual. They have an account at the same bank. That two hundred fifty thousand dollar limit does that cover the combination of both the value of both of those two accounts? Yes. Yep. So if you have $100,000 in the checking account, $150,000 in the savings account, you're, that, that maxes out your $250,000 amount.
0: That's correct. But
1: if you have 200000 in checking, 200000 in savings, you're above that FDIC insurance.
0: Yeah, that's correct. It's per individual, per financial, financial institution.
1: Yep. Okay, good. So with the savings, again, it might offer a little bit more interest rate, but what I really encourage folks to do is if you have money in a savings account at the bank, give them a phone call, go online and see what those rates are, because my experience has been they've been a little bit slower to increase those rates for for the reasons that David mentioned. So another option that's become fairly popular recently, and this is an option that we utilize uh, at our our group, is a money market fund. So David, can you talk to folks a little bit about a money market fund and, and what that looks like?
0: So a money market fund is not a savings account because the way that they are constructed is investing in what's called extremely short-term, high quality corporate paper or r- repo loans. There's I don't want to get too far into the weeds, uh, but it's essentially the the shortest the shortest term loans that are possible, it's usually banks lending overnight to one another. uh, And it's a way for people to access the interest rates that are being charged on those.
1: Right. And so the attractive thing about that is now we're starting to get somewhere when it comes to interest rates. And I know you and I were talking this week and and we won't publish any true numbers because these things fluctuate on a day-to-day basis. But I think it's fair to say that there were options out there where they were getting between three or 4% and some some even more than that. Is that accurate?
0: Yeah. The the money market fund that we use for our clients is paying north of four and a half percent right now. Mm-hmm. Of course, that is liable to change, but that's where we currently stand. Uh, and you will see that fluctuate with what the Federal Reserve's policy on short term rates is.
1: Yep. And just a quick note on that, when we say fluctuate, the interest rate is going to fluctuate. Yeah. But the principle itself is not.
0: Yes. And I should say that there was a point in time in 2008 when there was uh, a slight decrease in the in the par value of money market funds based on the current economic situation. Mm-hmm. So it's not guaranteed that your money is going to stay at the same level. It's extremely unlikely that it would come to that again, though.
1: Right. In my experience has been if you put $100 in there, the the $100 is in there and then whatever the interest that's earning does fluctuate the interest rate itself the $100 tends to stay there again we do have to put those caveats on there that you know uh, very extreme situations could could lead to some other numbers there but for the most part those money market funds tend to be pretty safe and do those have some FDIC insurance as well
0: Those are not FDIC insured
1: Yeah so that's an important factor to consider Um the other factor to consider You mentioned the savings accounts have a limit on how many uh, distributions can take place from, from that account. The money market fund, that's the same limit, correct? Six transactions per month? Yes. So with six transactions per month, again, these are not the dollars that you're using to buy groceries or gas with. This is more of, okay, I'm going to put these dollars aside. It's an emergency fund, and I want something that's safe, something reliable, but I want to earn more interest than what I've been earning at the bank. Is is that fair to say?
0: That's correct, Yep. Yep.
1: Now, another vehicle I've seen is a high-yield savings account, and a lot of these are tied with more online banks. Um, I'm familiar with a website. It's called bankrate.com, and, and that's a website that's run by the FDIC, and, and that's a website that allow, allows you to shop different banks' interest rates, and you can check to make sure that they are FDIC insured. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these banks will be more online banks, so they can offer higher interest because they don't have the dollars dedicated to the bricks-and-mortar stores, and they do offer some higher interest rates, For example, there's a popular one uh, on television, Capital One 360 is is all over TV. You'll see that everywhere. And there's others as well. So that's a high yield savings account. So again, what I would say to that one is that's another form of a savings account. Typically, they are FDIC insured up to that $250,000. You're limited for how many transactions. And for those, what I've seen is you have to open that account online and then tra- and all the transfers take place online. So you don't have the ability to walk into a branch and say, can I have my money, please? Does that match up with your experience?
0: Yeah. And so if you have cash that you're looking to put to work, typically you're going to have to have some sort of intermediary where you can walk in and give money to a teller. Um, <clears throat> because typically these online banks, um, they, you can't just deposit cash into into the account.
1: Correct. So we've talked about checking accounts, savings accounts, money market funds, high-yield savings accounts, specifically online high-yield. And the last piece that I think fits into this sleeve here would be treasury bills. Now, this is probably a little bit more complicated, not overly complicated, but there's a few more layers to that. So David, do you mind taking a moment just providing some education on treasury bills, what they are, and, and what it means?
0: Treasury bills are short-term debt instruments issued by the U.S. government. The range for T-bills, as they're referred to, is between uh, anywhere from 1 to 12 months. And the interest rate is going to be a market-based interest rate. So whatever the demand is for those... Those those pieces of paper, basically, you're you're going to see the interest rates get determined by what that demand is, Mm -hmm. and what you'll do is you can purchase them either on the open market or purchase them at auction. We handle that a lot. We handle a lot of that for our clients, where we'll actually go in and submit bids on online uh, via via our custodian, and the interest rate that they get from the starting point is what they will get on an annualized basis when that bill matures
1: hmm And would these be bills that, let's say the par value, so the regular value is $100 and you're paying $95 and that $5 is, is the interest that you're receiving? Is that sort of what it, how it works?
0: Yeah. You're not going to get coupon payments. Uh, there's yeah. not going to be regular interest along the way. You're going to buy it at a discount to par. And mm-hmm. then when that, bit, when that bill matures, you will get the par value.
1: Perfect. So if you purchase a six-month treasury bill, you're basically saying, let's use April 1st because it's coming up. All right, six months from now, October 1st, I'm going to receive $100 from the government. I'm going to give them $97. That $3 I receive is interest. and, and And that's how you make money on treasury bills. That's correct. Yep. Okay. And then there are also funds that can be utilized that are constantly buying new treasury bills. So if you wanted more liquidity, you would have the ability to do that.
0: Yeah, so the the benefit of those funds is that they're hands off. You can just put money into them and and the the fund family will do the work for you. The drawback is you're usually going to be paying a nominal fee, let's say 0.1% or something along those lines mm-hmm. for that convenience. Yes,
1: yeah, somebody has to make the trades, yeah. so you have to pay that person. So there's there's some expense to that. So with treasury bills, now again we talk about safety here. I I um Is there any kind of insurance on treasury bills at this point?
0: Not insurance. They are backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. Mm -hmm. The story from a month or two ago that will pop up in a month or two from now is the debt ceiling limit. Uh, That is basically Congress saying that we are agreeing to pay back the debt that we've issued. (laughs) Uh, I don't think that they would ever default, but I'm not saying it's not possible uh, because they're that it is a it is a promise to pay back the people who uh, t- who bought that debt.
1: And in the scheme of in investing and lending, the US government is considered probably the the highest institution. It's the highest standard. And if we get to a point where they're not making those payments back, we probably have bigger fish to fry.
0: Much much bigger problems because <laughs> yeah. not only would you be disrupting like you said, the the most credit worthy institution because we can print our own money to mm-hmm. pay back that debt. Everything is based off of the full faith and credit of the United States government from from bonds to, to stocks. So it would not be a pretty sight.
1: Right. So you you know how to hunt, right? Can you catch <laughs> yeah. rabbits or you yeah. go with a bow and arrow? <laughs> no, and we joke about it because uh, again, if you don't, what else are you going to do? But so again, on the spectrum of things, a little bit more complex with Treasury bills, but they're still certainly one of the safer investment vehicles out there. Is that fair to say? Yes. Okay. So again, just to kind of rehash what we've discussed so far, you've got your checking account, which are dollars that should be used for your day-to-day purchases. If you're stopping and buying a cup of coffee or getting some gas, you know that you're using that checking account, the debit card. Th- that's kind of your your liquid dollars. A lot of folks will have some money in there, but then they want, okay, I just want a certain amount of my checking account to cover my bills, and then I want something else set aside for the future, maybe an emergency fund or just maybe a vacation fund or something like that. And that's where we can start to look at these other vehicles. So if we frame them up here, savings accounts, again, we've talked about that, FDIC insurance, maybe a little bit more interest than a checking account, not quite as much interest typically as what you'll see elsewhere. Um, and the savings account, another benefit is a lot of times it can be the same financial institution that you have your checking account in, so it makes things pretty easy. Money market fund, uh, you know that's something we, we can help you with that. You know that, That's going to offer a higher interest rate. Uh, you're, you're not going to have the liquidity of a checking account, same liquidity as a savings account at six distributions a month. It's uh, fairly safe as far as the investment itself. It does earn an interest rate that's going to be higher than the savings account. Uh, So that's an option. A high-yield online savings account is another fairly new option. The benefits to that are, again, higher interest rates than a typical savings account. Uh, There is a limit to the number of transactions, and it does tend to be more online-focused. And then lastly, treasury bills. And, you know, we talked about treasury bills. Those are dollars that are set aside for three months, six months, nine months, where you can use a fund. And again, probably the highest interest rate as far as the vehicles that we've discussed. Is that fair? Yeah. So the highest interest rate available. Um, again, some potential risk, but the, but the risk there is if that risk comes to pass, then, you know, everything is, is on the table there. So as people weigh these different options, David, what do you think are some considerations that they should think about when determining what makes sense for them in their personal situation?
0: I think one more that we have to add to the discussion is CDs or certificates Mm -hmm. of deposits. Yes, good point. They are part of the banking system, so they are going to be FDIC insured. If you've ever invested in a CD before, you know the limitations in that you have to hold the CD until it matures or else you risk penalties that come come along with breaking that CD. Mm-hmm. So that would be grouped for me into the savings bucket in in at a financial institution. Yep. But they all also carry carry with them pros and cons.
1: Sure, the liquidity risk you do not have access to those dollars. You've got to wait until that CD matures. Or you pay the penalties and usually that's some form of interest that you would have received.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Okay. So that, that's a great addition and that's an important note to make. So as folks think about these different options, what, what are some considerations if they're thinking, okay, what, which ones make sense for me or what should I be thinking about?
0: So access to the money is probably number one and how how frequently you need to access the money. Yep. Uh, we talked about the checking accounts versus savings accounts, the limit on the number of withdrawals per month. You have to look at the safety of the money and what your comfort level is with the financial institution that you're using, the FDIC insurance limits, the from. From the standpoint of money market funds, the you know, the the aspect that we talked about from two thousand eight, where the the balance might not always be the par value, there's always going to be consideration. But I think it's important to highlight that those risks are so minimal right. that it is not comparing cash to emerging market currencies. Yeah, absolutely, we're, it's, 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 it, we're all we're still part of the same spectrum. Yep.
1: And again, just to talk about myself, what what I like to do is I've got some dollars in my checking account, and I know I want to keep enough money in there that's going to cover my bills for, say, a couple months. So I've got enough liquidity there, and then that's where my paycheck goes into. Um, And then I set up a couple different savings accounts. Um, I have a vacation fund that I use, and I use an online high-yield savings account for that. I've got an emergency fund, and, and those are typically dollars that I know I'm going to use in some period of time. Like if we're going on vacation, I'll, I'll use that. So I kind of know I have that, and I have that link to my checking account. Then I'll also have a money market fund that I use for, I consider that my emergency fund. So that's, you know, if I need a new furnace, if my if my roof goes out, anything like that, I want to make sure I have access to those dollars, but I want to earn a little bit more interest because I don't know that I'm going to need that in the next week two weeks, month or whatever that is. So I I liked myself personally, I I spread it out, you know, so I don't have too much money in one place because I do want to earn some interest on that. But again, at the same time, I want to have access to those dollars. Anything that you do for your family?
0: Do something similar where I have an online savings account uh, that also has perks like free withdrawal from an ATM. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's... That's why it's helpful to go onto Bankrate.com yep. to compare your options, compare your interest rates because it might not be the difference between 4.25% and 4.5%. There might be some added perks for a certain bank versus another yep. that speak more to your situation and have the checking account that that is like you said for for the next couple months of expenses and then for longer term money, then we're looking at some uh, allocation to investments. So that's uh, one of the key points is the balance between what your short-term money is, what, which is what we're talking about today, yep. and then what your longer-term money is, whether that's retirement savings or something else.
1: Yes, absolutely. That That's a key point to make. We're really focusing in on those dollars that... You know, I've got clients that come in and they've got you know significant dollars saved up in their savings accounts through the years because they've been disciplined, they've controlled their spending, you know, that they, they they it's grown. And and now they're saying, Wow, I'm having a lot of money and I'm not making much interest. What are my options here? And so I do encourage folks if you're out there and you want to have a conversation, David, myself, and and Tim, the president of the firm, we are here, we can have that conversation. We're happy to facilitate that. I've walked through bankrate.com with clients just to kind of show them these are the different options available at this moment in time. And this is how, if you choose to open the account, you can do that. I know, David, you've also talked to folks about the money market funds and treasury bill funds that are available. Um, I've done that myself. So that's an option as well. So if you want help figuring out what's best for you and your specific situation, I do encourage you to give us a call. And the phone number here, David, if they want to get in touch with us,
0: it's 518. Five eight three four zero five zero.
1: Yep, and you can also contact us on the web at www.contwealth.com. So that's contwealth.com. There's a contact us tab, and if you want to just go over your situation or set up an appointment, you can reach us through the web. Absolutely. With that, we appreciate everyone listening. Uh, Again, if you have any questions, we do encourage you to give us a call here at the office at 518-583-4050, but thank you so much for your time, and uh, thanks for listening. Take care. Please note, the information discussed on this podcast is for educational purposes only. Nothing discussed constitutes a recommendation. If you would like a review of your personal financial situation, please contact us at contwealth.com or call 518-583-4050.